This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. This is Leroy Butler, newly Hall of Famer, Class of 22. It is a touchdown for Leroy Butler. Holy cow, and the fumble recovery. And the Packers go up 20 to nothing. And you listen to Ira and Clark on the iTest for Two podcast. We have a lot to cover today, Ira, beginning with last weekend's Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Canton. So let's get started. Uh, I wasn't there, you weren't there, but our Hall of Fame producer, Mr. Ian Glendon, was there. And Ian, first question's for you. What'd you think of the experience? And it was your first ever time being there. What'd you think of it? And would you go back? Uh, well, it was very humid, very hot. Um, I forgot my sunglasses, but uh, aside from that, it was a uh, it was really a, a wonderful experience. Um, you know, it was my first time, and I, I definitely don't anticipate it being my last. I, I think the, the, the ceremony was great. Um, how the whole town really kind of gets involved was great. You know, the volunteers working either security or, or just, you know, working at the stadium or whatever. It, you know, everyone was just, they were excited for the event, and it, it just really made it that much better. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I, I anticipate going to many, many more of these. Wow. Wow. Good to hear. Oh, by the way, Ian, the Canton Chamber of Commerce is going to be getting in touch with you after this airs. OK, <laughs> uh, I, I, I watched that ceremony from home. And to me, there was no speech that was more powerful or dignified than what friend of the show, Bryant Young, had to say. He dedicated his acceptance speech, as you know, to his late son, Colby, who died in 2016 at the age of 15 from pediatric cancer. Now, that speech was emotional. It was poignant. There was great dignity in the way that Bryant presented himself. And most important, it was memorable. Things were heading and had questions. He didn't fear death as much as the process of dying. Would it be painful? Would he be remembered? We assured Kobe we keep his memory alive and continue speaking his name. On October 11, 2016, God called Kobe home. Kobe. You live on in our hearts. We will always speak your name. Boy, uh, it's hard. Not to choke up hearing that. I got to be honest with you. I was choked up at home watching that. And even now hearing it, it it's hard not to uh, not to get emotional. They put up a list, Clark, of the five uh, most poignant Hall of Fame induction speeches 
that one's in the top five. No question. Maybe at the top. Maybe at the top. No question. Ian, what was the response in the press box after that or during that? Well, yeah, I mean, same thing. I mean, you just uh, it, it, it couldn't have hit home any any better because he says, you know, you want his name to be remembered. Well, you know, this is a Hall of Fame speech that's going to be heard for as long as this sport exists. And, you know, what better way to make sure that his name is remembered than to tell his story and, and tell it so just so well. And I, I, I think everyone's attention was just solely on what he was saying. And it, it was definitely emotional. Yeah. And I, and I thought it was um, so well done. And the thing Ira that I liked about that presentation, uh, it was about three hours, I think the induction ceremony was that um, I thought the whole, the whole ceremony is pretty dignified to be honest with you. I mean, there was a lot of talk about faith, family, these were guys you really wanted to like and root for. And there were guys we covered. Richard Seymour was good. Leroy Butler was good. We've had these guys on this program before. And it's one thing to be on this program. But when they stood in front of thousands of people there and millions at home, they were just the same. And I thought each and every one of them did a great job. And, you know, Clark, if there was a unifying thing, it was being a great teammate. That's right. And what a teammate means. You know, that was refreshing. Yeah. And, and I hope you remember that on this podcast, Ira. <laughs> it's every man for himself out here. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> well, and now we start working with the Hall's class of 2023. And that starts next week with the senior class. Now, Ira is a member of the senior committee. In fact, Ira, I think you present Bob Kuchenberg, right? I do. I do. Okay, and that's going to happen next Tuesday. And, and he and the 11 other members of that committee are going to choose three candidates, not one, but three from 12 finalists for the class of 2023. Now, those finalists are Ken Anderson, Maxie Bond, Randy Gratishar, Chuck Howley, Cecil Isbell, Joe Klecko, Bob Kuchenberg, Eddie Metter, Tommy Novus. Ken Riley, Sterling Sharp, and Everson Walls. And Ira, to help you and us sort out that group, we are pleased to have historian Ken Crippen, who's the founder and lead instructor of the Football Learning Academy and a guy I lean on very, very heavily and am privileged to have with us. Ken, um, first of all, thanks for being here. And secondly, what do you think of this group of 12 finalists? I mean, there's definitely some that I was surprised didn't make it to the, the final list. Um, but, I mean, there's definitely some players on there that I would vote for. Um, there's a lot of people deserving of the Hall of Fame. Uh, so uh, I know we're going to start diving into it. Yeah, okay. Of those 12, who would you put at the top of your list? Who's your, who's your first candidate? If I had to pick a number one, I have Chuck Howley edging out Randy Gratishar. So both of them, yeah, you were looking at 1-1-A one, one for them. They're both, I think, the best of the linebackers. I'm surprised that there are four linebackers in this group. Uh, I don't know if they're going to cancel each other out, but I would say that Howley and Gratishar are in the top tier with uh, Bond and Nobis, you know, just slightly below that. Well, as I mentioned, you're a historian. You're a preeminent historian with the Football Learning Academy. So as an historian, what do you think that there's only one pre-60s member in this group and that's Cecil Isbell. But the problem I've got with Cecil Isbell, listen, I, I, I would say problem, not really a problem, but the issue I've got with him, played just five years with Green Bay, 38 to 42, 1938 to 1942. And, and I would argue that maybe he's not the most deserving Packer. 
honestly, I'd put Vern Llewellyn ahead of, ahead of him and, and especially Lavi Dilweg ahead of him. But I'm kind of wondering what your thoughts about Cecil Isbell and his chances. Honestly, I, I don't think that uh, he has a chance of getting in there because, like you said, there's some other Lambeau-era Packers that are more deserving of getting in there. So I would hate to see Isbell get in and possibly cancel out some of those other Packers because you know all three of them are not getting in. Right. So it's probably going to be one from that era. And I don't think Isbell is the guy to, to get in there. My personal opinion is Dilweg, uh, but Llewellyn also has a great case. Ken, I, I'm looking at Isbell as a guy maybe, I don't want to be too simplistic here, but kind of fortunate that he was throwing a Don Hudson, um, Ken, for some of those years. Uh, if he throws for 19 touchdowns, Hudson's got 14 of them. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think Isbell's the longest of long shots uh, on this board. Um, Ken, I, I talked up Tommy Nobis for the Centennial class. He didn't get in. He played for some god-awful teams. Ken, I think he's the poster child of, of a guy who played for terrible teams. Mm-hmm. Never played in a playoff game. Not one. But, Ken, he started in 66, and he made the all-decade team of the 60s, which put him over Maxie Bond, who played throughout the 60s. Um, and you know the 60s were a rich period for linebackers mm-hmm. with, with Nitschke uh, and Butkus. Right. So I don't think Nobis is going to make it, Ken, but I wouldn't be so easy to dismiss the guy. I wouldn't either. Like I said, he's just on a, a very slightly below Howley and uh, Gratishar. Uh, I like Nobis. I definitely think he belongs. Um, I know Maxi Bond. I mean, you look at his his honors. He's got the nine Pro Bowls. Yeah. And, you know, to me, that's obviously great. And you can't get to nine Pro Bowls by not being a, a star player. But uh, I would probably rank it as Howley and Gratishar at the top. Nobis right behind that. And then Bond right behind him. And uh, I'm presenting Kuchenberg, um, and I've been doing this since 05 uh, in Canton. And I came in in the tail end of Kuchenberg being on the list of finalists, Ken. And then I think it was 09 came around, and unfortunately, you know, Paul Zimmerman passed away right about then. He was a huge, huge supporter of mm-hmm. Kuchenberg. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, Ken, but the guy dropped off the map. I mean, dropped off the map and now he's in the abyss. And yeah, I don't understand know, that either. I mean, I'm, Ken, in complete I'm going to give you and Clark a, a little uh, preview uh, of my short presentation <laughs> for Kuchenberg. And, and here's one of my main points, guys. Is, it, this, is, Ira, is this an exclusive? This is an exclusive, right? This is an exclusive. It, it's a <laughs> test run past two, uh, two, two historians here. Okay. Um, Ken, in the history of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I believe it started 63. 63, Ken. Mm-hmm. Nobody who has ever been a finalist for eight straight years, which he was, and by the way, John Lynch was too, but now John Lynch has a jacket. So, Ken, my point is, nobody who's ever been in that room eight straight years does not have a bust in Ken. Nobody. Mm-hmm. So are we going to make an example out of Bob Kuchenberg? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I mean, Bob's on my list. I mean, if I were to pick from these 12, Kuchenberg is in that top three of the ones that should be getting in. Uh, I completely agree. I mean, I've been a strong advocate of 
getting more offensive linemen in there. I mean, you know, I famously say, you know, linemen need love too. So you can't just focus on the stats of the receivers and quarterbacks and running backs. Um, they don't have the stats. So you really have to understand and watch these players to get them in. And, you know, people like you and Clark pushing the cases of somebody like a Kuchenberg is essential so that people realize how good someone like Kuchenberg was. And to me, he absolutely belongs. We're speaking with the historian Ken Crippen on the I test for two. And Ken, um, quick question for you. Since you alluded to some of your favorites, who's your top five in this group? Do you have a top five of, of players? Um, well, we talked about Gratishar and Howley and Kuchenberg. So they're my top three. Yep. Uh, after that, I would probably go Sterling Sharp and Everson Walls. Okay. Um, I know that, you know, you had mentioned earlier about the sentiment to try to get Riley in there and Macy, you know, to try to get another Bengal in there, whether it's Riley or Anderson. Um, I, to me, it sounds like Riley has more traction. I mean, obviously Ira is going to be able to, uh, answer that better than I can, but, uh, to me, if I'm going to put another defensive back in there, uh, I would probably put Walls in over Riley uh, or Metter. I, I think Riley does have more traction, Ken, um, for a couple of reasons. One, he was the runner-up to Drew Pearson a couple of years ago. Now, he fell off the map last year. He was, he was, he was in the room, but he wasn't among the, the leading vote-getters when it all was said and done. And, and, and secondly, people keep making a big issue, and I think rightly so, about the 65 interceptions. I mean, um, Charles Woodson had 65 as well. They're tied for fifth. Charles Woodson's first ballot guy. Ken Riley, we're still waiting on him. I understand the whole argument about Lamar Parrish, but that 65 keeps coming back. I know people in Cincinnati are really making a push for him this year and hoping this is the year he gets in. Um, I, I guess what I would ask you is, um, could you give us your top three? And I think you really have, but the top three you would put in, I guess you have, but the top three you think will get in, and it may be different from your top three. Um, to me, it sounds like Klecko would be one of the ones that gets in. Um, not obviously my top three, but I think he would get in. Um, I think to me, it sounds like the linebackers are going to cancel each other out. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if none of them make it and you see someone like a Riley and a Sharp get in uh, walls, could also get in there too. So that I would say those are the four, um, maybe walls being outside looking in with Riley sharp and, um, and Klecko getting in. I hope you're wrong about those linebackers. I really hope you're wrong about that. So do I. And um, I'm with you on Chuck Howley. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know that he's getting in, but, but I think he's the best candidate. So Chuck Howley, you and I are in agreement. Ken, I want to ask you about a topic because I think it's very intriguing. And, of course, the, the guy that busted the door open was Terrell Davis with, with the short careers. Mm -hmm. Because Gale Sayers is on another plane, Ken. He right. doesn't really count. Because right. nobody ever had ever seen anybody like Gale Sayers. Um, so, Ken, uh, Terrell Davis helped Tony Baselli. Ken, there's no question about it. Mm -hmm. So here comes Sterling Sharp. And, you know, and I always throw out Tiki Barber out there. And, and in terms of this, Ken. If, if a guy could arguably be the best at his position for three or four years, I mean, you could argue that that's a Hall of Famer, Ken, and certainly Sterling Sharp fits that profile. I would agree with that. Um, 
to me, yeah, you can have three years, could be a Hall of Famer, but I would want to see what mirrors uh, those three years. Is it that they fall completely off the map or is it that they're still excellent, just maybe not leading the league type of um, type of a career? So to me, Sterling Sharp, he played excellent throughout his entire career. Uh, and that's what I think kind of hurts Isbell a little bit, too, is the fact you look at his 38 and 39 years, they weren't that special. So he really had 40, 41, 42 for his career. So you've got a five-year career, and three of those are Hall of Fame level years, but the others are average. Sterling Sharp, to me, is beyond that, where he, yes, he had those great years, but then he also had other years where, you know, he's up there as well. So to me, that would make a Hall of Fame career, and that's what would keep Cecil Isbell out, in my opinion. Ken, I want to ask you about a dark horse, and that's Eddie Metter, safety for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, he's a guy that um, I know some of the voters, especially one voter in particular, feels very strongly about, five-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, all-decade team, 1960s. Um, his record does speak for itself, all-decade player. But I mention him because Rick Goslin is going to uh, present him, and Rick goslin has got a very persuasive and powerful voice within that room. Mm-hmm. He's backed him before, but he hasn't gotten a lot of traction. What do you make of Eddie Metter's chances? I think of the group that's there, he probably wouldn't make the final three. Uh, I do think that, you know, he has a a Hall of Fame case. And, you know, obviously, you know, Rick is going to be able to make a great case for him. Yeah. But you look at the defensive backs that are up there. You've got Metter, you've got Riley, you've got Walls. Um, Riley, you know, like you had said before, 65 interceptions, that's 4.3 interceptions per year. Metter is less than that. He's only 3.8 for his career. Yet you get someone like Everson Walls who led the league in interceptions three times within his career. There's only one other person that's ever done that, Ed Reed. So to me, if you're going to put a defensive back in, it's probably going to go for Walls over Metter and Riley. And um, I would agree with with that ranking as well. And, and sort of lastly, what, what do you think about three per year for the next three years, at least? We, we're very enthusiastic about it. Ira and I actually had the Hall of Fame president, Jim Porter, on here three days after he took the job and talked to him about it. And he has said more than once, you know what? We've got more people in here because you guys implored us to do it. And it wasn't Ira and me necessarily. We brought it to his attention, but it was kind of the board that said, how about two? And he goes, two, how about three? And I think it's a great, I think it's a great idea. I love it. I mean, I love the fact that they have three people per year over the next three years. Hopefully they'll continue that beyond three years. Uh, it really, at that point, comes down to the selection committee. You guys are picking those players and hopefully we'll be able to take a look at some of those older players as well. Not just Isbell, but I mean, I know you're a big Worcester guy, Clark. I, I am. am as well. He's second behind Dillwig, in my opinion. Um So let's take a look at some of those guys as well with these three picks that we have. And hopefully it's not going to be just uh, recent uh, retirees or recent people within the seniors field. Ken, final two for me. Uh, It's been a pleasure to uh, talk to you, Ken. Um, Talk about Klecko a little bit. I was on a conference call yesterday, Ken, with um, Howie Long, Dwight Stevenson, Joe DeLamalore, guys who played uh, against them, guys who played the position. Um, it was impressive, Ken, about a half an hour Zoom call. Um, the drum roll for Klecko seems to be based on this versatility. 
He played three different positions, apparently made the Pro Bowl at all three. Um, I think of Joe Klecko. I don't necessarily think of a gold jacket. Uh, am I missing something? I don't think you're missing something. I wouldn't, you know, put him in. I definitely wouldn't put him in now. Um, I mean, he, he led the league in sacks one year, 20.5, but everything after that, you know, he's got less than 10 sacks a year. He made all pro twice. So are we really setting the bar at two time all pro for a hall of famer? Uh, I struggle with that. Yeah. He played well at multiple positions. I, I just can't get over the hump of giving him that uh, bronze bust. And Clark, you know me uh, too well, Clark. You know I'm not going to let Ken go without uh, getting in uh, one question of, about a guy that I'll be presenting in January. Um, and no, Ken, it's not Darrell Revis who, who will be on the ballot. And let's face it, has a pretty darn good chance of getting in as a first-time eligible. But I got Rondé Barber. I, I've been through it with Lynch eight years. I don't think it's going to take eight for Barber. I think Barber has a fantastic resume. It's very different than Lynch's. Lynch didn't have numbers. Barber's got nothing but numbers, and they're historic numbers. What am I missing about Rondé Barber? Honestly, I don't think you're missing anything. I mean, like you said, he's got the numbers. I think that he's going to have the momentum getting in there. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm with you, Ira, that uh, I think he's a Hall of Famer, and don't know when he's going to get in. Depends on who else is uh, in those finalist lists, but uh, I think that uh, he definitely has a chance of getting in. What yeah, do I, I would... say, Ken? Ken, what do I say to somebody who says um, he wasn't he wasn't a one on one corner like like Revis? I mean, it depends on the scheme that you're in. I mean, you've got to take a look at you know how they're playing that defense. I mean, not everyone is going to be a one on one, so. You can't hold that against them if that's the scheme that the uh, coordinators are putting in. So you got to look at what was he supposed to do. And if you know what he's supposed to do and he's doing it at a very high level, then that's how you judge him. You don't judge him based off of a scheme that somebody else is playing on a different team. Can I bring up, can I bring Ken in on the zoom call that day, uh, Clark? Can I have No, him? no, no, because you've asked <laughs> other people about Rondé Barber and they're not in on the zoom call. You're going to have to have a collection. <laughs> we have a conference call. These guys, Hey Ken, I'm with you on Rondé Barber. I think he does get in. I've told Ira that. Um, and I, I actually, based on what I heard this year at the hall of fame meeting, I'd be shocked if he weren't, if he just weren't one of the, uh, five finalists of our five inductees next year. So, um, if Ira can take it to the finish line, I think he crosses it. Last thing for you, Ken, tell us a little bit about Football Learning Academy and where our listeners can find you. Uh, football Learning Academy is an online school teaching pro football history. Um, so not only do we want people to be able to put uh, the game into historical context, but you know, secondary, we also want to be able to raise money to help retired players in need. Uh, so a portion of all the proceeds that we earn from selling our classes uh, go to help those retired players in need. Uh, we have a lot of different things from different areas of uh, football history. We have interviews with trailblazers. Uh, so definitely check it out. Go to www.football-learning-academy.com. Thanks so much, Ken. Pleasure speaking with you. And uh, thanks for giving Ira the heads up on Rondi Barber. <laughs> thanks, Ken. Got to get uh, Dillwig in there, too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> thanks. Oh, and by the way, by the way, before we go, because you mentioned Al Wister. 
Mm-hmm. Thing I didn't get was he didn't even make the the, the finalist list or the semifinalist list. I I don't understand that, but I've now come to the conclusion he's never going to make it. If that's the case, he's never going to make it. And sadly, yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think I agree with you that uh, the time has passed for people like Dillwig and Llewellyn and Emerson and Wister. I mean, all these guys. I mean, I don't think Rimkus will ever have a shot. Right, uh, he belongs as well. Uh, Bar Wiegand, look at him, Jim Ray Smith. I mean, there's a ton of guys that deserve consideration. Uh, but the trends that I'm seeing is that it's all going to be going toward more recent players and all the old guys are going to get ignored. Couldn't agree with you more. Ken, thanks so much. Thanks for the time. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was Ken Crippen of the Football Learning Academy and Ira. Uh, same question I'm going to ask you that I asked him. Who would you choose as your top three? And who do you think makes it? My top three are Chuck Howley, uh-huh. Ken Riley, and Bob Kuchenberg. Who do I think will make it? Yep. Chuck Howley, Ken Riley, and Sterling Sharp. Wow. You know, it's funny. Like, yeah. I, I did my list, and my list was your list. I, I was going with Riley, Howley. And Kuchenberg with maybe Maxi Bond as an outside shot. But I kind of agree with Ken that the linebackers may cancel each other out. I hope that's not the case. Um, the guy I'm really, really conflicted about is Gratishar. I really want Randy Gratishar to get in. So I'd love to see Gratishar, Howley, and one other get in. I'd like to see that happen. Gratishar has waited far too long. And so I'd like to see something happen there. Boy, he's been waiting. Yeah. He's been waiting. Yep. And I think that that cheering Ira is uh, not for you, not for Randy Gratishar. Actually, I think it's for me. I was there, and I was there. Wait a minute! Wait, wait a minute! Where, where the heck were you, Clark? Well, I was there where you were there, and that was at home. I was at home earlier uh, this year. I think it was in January, early January. Um, it was that conference call with 49ers director Kirk Reynolds. Maybe it was in December. Maybe it was December last year. Anyway, it's a while ago, and he held a Zoom call with former offensive linemen, and, and maybe people know about it, I would hope they do, but maybe a lot of them don't. This is offensive linemen who played against Bryant Young. Now, at this point, the idea was to try to get Bryant Young into the room as a finalist. So on this call were people like Mark Schlereth, Adam Timmerman, Robbie Tobeck, Kevin Gogan, very forceful speakers, um, very notable offensive linemen, and all of whom spoke so forcefully about how B.Y. was the best defensive tackle they ever faced. And they talked about him in conjunction, Ira, as you remember, with John Randall and Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp, first ballot Hall of Famer, John Randall, second ballot Hall of Famer, saying, no, he was better. And, and Ira, I believe very strongly that that Zoom call swung the vote to get B.Y. into the final 15 and then into the hall. I think he's deserving. I really think he's deserving. But I think that gave him momentum that he lacked. And I think that happened all in one year or really honestly in one call. I I think you're absolutely right. Clark, every once in a while, we have a guy who's under publicized that sort of comes out of nowhere. Yep. Clark, Roger Worley. That's right. That's right. Roger Worley with a great presentation from our, our guy in St. Louis, um, the radio guy. Bernie uh, Miklas. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. 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 That's right. And, Clark, I got to be honest. I'm just going to speak for myself. I didn't know that much about Bryant Young. Yeah. And once I started looking at Bryant Young, I had no idea he had that many sacks. 
Yeah, no I, idea. I did because I've been consulting John Turney about him. And also I watched him play, you know, for six years. I was there on the ground floor when he was drafted in 94. That was my first year with the 49ers. So I watched him grow as a player. So I'm overcome the injury. But now that that was so effective, all right, it was so meaningful and so effective. They replicated it. You'd mentioned Joe Klecko. That's exactly what I think it was Gary Myers, who's a Hall of Fame voter, put together, hoping that yeah. Bryant Young can help Joe Klecko with that conference call i'm not sure it can i mean i'm not a klecko supporter for numbers of reasons that were brought up here but um we'll see because all of a sudden if that's the case everyone's going to start doing it everyone's going to start doing it you know um young's intangibles too clark they're off the scale in terms of leadership off the scale no no question no question and And that counts yeah, and we, heard, and we heard that on the numbers of calls we had with him on the show. Okay, our final thoughts. Final thought, I'm sticking with Brian Young, Clark, because I sat at my couch on Saturday, and I got to tell you, I, I had to take out a couple of tissues. I did. And that doesn't happen with me uh, unless I'm watching the end of uh, To Serve With Love with Sydney 48 <laughs> at, at the end. Uh, with with Lulu Young, singing. With Lulu singing. <laughs> Lulu singing. Clark, you you hit you hit the word dignity. Yeah, dignity. Yeah. It hangs around this guy like that gold jacket. I'm so glad we put him in, Clark. Me too. I'm so glad. Me too. And and mentioning Kleenexes, Ira, I'm bringing out a couple tomorrow. I'll be honest with you because tomorrow, Thursday, August 11th, it's a noteworthy day. And I'm not sure if you know this, but someone on this podcast has another birthday, and it's not you, and it's not me. Ira Kaufman, happy birthday. And you are so classy not to ask a man his age. <laughs> you never do that, Clark. Let's say I'm between 50 and 75, a little close to the 75. There okay, okay. Yeah, we're not going to ask, but I got Facebook, and I think it says there in the subtitle how old people are. You know, you know where I'm, Clark, you know where I'm spending my birthday? At Buccaneer training camp. Oh, watching wow. The, watching wow. the Bucs scrimmage, the Miami Dolphins. What, what better place could you spend a birth here? I'm sure your <laughs> wife is just delighted with that. Wow. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it. If you want to listen to this or any iTest for Two podcast, just click on fullpresscoverage.com. Pull down the icon that says podcast, the podcast icon, and click on the iTest for Two. Otherwise, we'll see you right here next week. Thanks so much for listening. Okay, now we're going to go to the start, and I am going to ask Ian about that that BY speech, okay. and and I'll I'll mention I'll mention dignity because you you referenced it here, but then we're going to play the clip. But so Ian, when I ask you about, I'm just going to say, yeah, um, you know, the, um, uh, I, I, what, I'm going to ask you at the beginning, what would you think of it? You don't need to reference that specifically. You can just say, you know, I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't oh, I'll, long. I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I told you when I texted you. That's exactly yeah, you know yeah. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. And so, so. Um, and, and then we'll just get right into that speech. And then um, and then when we stop, that's when we pick up I, um, uh, on my way home. And I, I couldn't catch his name because he was wearing a mask and he had a kind of a kind of a deep southern, not deep southern accent. But I was talking to someone who apparently uh, was knew Richard Seymour very well because he was there at the um, at the ceremony. He was talking about he was calling him Richard, like, you know, talking about talking to his father when he was alive all this stuff so i'm like i'm trying I, I i just couldn't understand what he was saying i didn't want to be rude because he had like a mask on and everything like that so you know we were talking on the plane ride back but um oh. yeah i mean he he knew him he knew david Patton and uh, ben watson all from like that you know Car- the carolinas that that type of area troy brown too so 
Yeah. Um, how was yeah. your trip? Ian, how was your trip? It was great. It, it, was it, just- I, I was surprised that Canton, or because uh, I stayed in North Canton, they had a lot of things there. I, you know what I mean? Because it, 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 a lot of restaurants, a lot of oh, yeah, they do. shops they do. and just things. I mean, uh, I golfed Sunday morning. Um, that was great. Uh, nice. <laughs> so well, I, I told you after, you know, obviously Saturday I went to the, the ceremony and everything like that. Uh, but Sunday I, I was going to the Shawshank prison, which was about an hour and 10 minutes away from where I was staying. So uh, I wanted to go golfing uh, before the tour. So 7.22 tea time. I was up at 5 o'clock in the morning, all that stuff. I get all the way to the golf course. And I have this big, like, heavy-duty travel case for my golf clubs that you lock, you know, TSA lock, all that stuff. I pull into the parking lot, and my heart sinks because I realize, excuse me, I don't have my keys. So uh, for a second there, I thought I drove all the way down there with my golf clubs in that case, and I'm not able to get that case open without my keys. Luckily, I was dumb enough to forget to block it in the first place, so... You know, I avoided disaster and had a pretty good, pretty good round of uh, 18 before the tour. And uh, <laughs> no, it, it was great. It was a great, it was a great quick weekend. I'm definitely looking forward to doing it again. So, hey, Clark, uh, Clark, next week, could we time it where we know who the uh, three seniors are? Sure, sure. Yeah. We when does that, Wednesday. when does that come out? I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I can work around it. So it comes out Tuesday. Tuesday. The Zoom call is Tuesday. Okay. The Zoom call is Tuesday. And okay. so you think you, you think they'll tell us, right, Clark? Sure, right? Oh, sure, yeah. sure, sure. And and it'll be announced. It'll be announced. Oh sure, oh, sure. yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm I, unfortunately Tuesday. We've got guests here that night, so um, maybe we can do it Wednesday. You know, yeah, do we'll it. do it Wednesday. Yeah. Do it Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. okay. I got okay. it. I'm I'm all good. I can make and it work. All right, guys. All right. Uh, uh, the- let me start the. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll throw the music in and take it away and. Uh, I'll have the okay. clip ready, so if it's a second, just I'll, I'll cut out the silence if it takes me an extra second because I'm just going to stream it off my phone because oh, I didn't get so, it. So are you you are going to play it? Yeah, I am going to play it. Oh, oh, I, okay, yeah, so I, just, I just pulled it up here so I can I can play it through the mixer here. So, so I'll just say something like, um, you know, it was um, emotional and it was memorable, and then I'll just stop. And you play. I'm not going to say, like, Ian, could you play okay, it? Okay, yeah. So, or perfect. maybe I'll just go. I, I, to get you ready, I'll just make sure that you, it's coming up. Like, okay. Go. The guns. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Rick. Rick. 